Hello, fans, and welcome to the Charlie and Dad Pod. Let's meet your hosts for this podcast. First, hailing from the mean streets of Frankton, Indiana, a St. Francis University alum and Hoosier State basketball legend in his own mind, Austin, better known as Dad Leisure. His running mate is a lifelong Hoosier fan, basketball player wannabe, and an average high school basketball assistant coach. From the east side of Indianapolis, BJ, better known as Charlie Kite. What's up, Dad? Charlie and Dad, number 14. What's happening? What's going on, Charlie? Man, I am just sitting here waiting for this storm that's been rolling in for like an hour to actually drop some rain in my yard. Um, It'd be big. But, you know, I mean, listen, if I can keep a forest fire from happening in Indiana, then that would be a goal right now because that's how dry my yard is. I thought maybe you were just trying to take a snooze until Friday so we'd get on that golf course. Nah, no, nah, I'm I'm keep my I'm gonna go hit a bucket tonight though. Gotta get uh, gotta get work on the fundamentals. Gotta gotta work on the, <laughs> gotta work on the swing. Got to uh, gotta get get it gotta get it off the tee clean here, Dad. Gotta get it off the tee clean. I've been been spraying it a little left and right this season, so I gotta get I gotta get straight away. Just wait till you see see Dad on Friday. He can't he can't even touch his driver. He didn't even want to look at it right now. <laughs> you you see you hitting uh, you going I, fairway woods or uh, long irons off I the top. I might just go four iron. Hey, listen, you, you you remember back in the day when Charlie would just pull the three iron out and hit it off a tee because there was no telling where that driver was going to go. I do remember that. I smoked a few uh, a couple times with the with that bad boy on a couple of our outings we we had. Yeah, you did. Shoot. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go back to it. So we got game game one of the NBA Finals in the books. What'd you think? Um. Okay. I'm not going to pretend that I'm a, an expert on either of these teams. I've not seen them play all that much, other than the playoffs. But if I'm the Bucks, I'm starting the next game with the Greek Freak at the five. Yes. And I'm going small, and I don't know who. The, I don't know if that means you go Bryn Forbes or whatever. I don't know. But I'm taking Lopez. He's only playing to spell people. He's not. I, He's not playing. You can't have him in. You can't. It's like the Sabonis and Turner thing. You can't play them the majority of the minutes together. You got to stagger it. Each one has to play the five for a significant amount of time for it to be effective. Like you I can just, have them on the floor sometimes together, but I feel like they were beat until they went to that lineup, and then all of a sudden they made that run, and you're going, well, maybe this is something they should be using going forward. Um, because I think un- – because they basically did the same thing with uh, with the Suns that they did with the Hawks. But I think the difference is while the Hawks have some decent guys around Trey Young, <laughs> it ain't Aiden. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and, and Aiton. Like, that's a different animal. And by the way, I am becoming a big Aiton fan. Oh, I'm a huge Aiton fan. I hated him when he first came to the league because I thought he was very arrogant. Right. Man, that dude – is so good defensively out of the pick and roll. And he's so good. I'm telling you, every time I watch him play, I just feel like, man, that's what I thought Greg Oden was going to be. Yeah, he's what, 22? 22 years old. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. He's, he's a problem. Like, and not even like he's going to, he doesn't have to dominate the game offensively. No. Because, and he, what did he get, like 20 and 16 last night? It made it look easy. 
Yeah, I mean, he's just he just does he just does so many good things for them. He can hatch out of a ball screen. He can trap out of a ball screen. He can switch out of a ball screen. He can catch a ball screen. I mean, he just does everything out of a ball screen defensively that I think is. I think that's where I'm like really, like, man, this dude is really good. I'm looking at his stat line right now, Dad. He played 39 minutes. He had 22 points. He had 19 rebounds. <laughs> he had zero assists. But who cares? That's not why he's in. The but he's game. but he but he's not like sitting on the block and. He was eight it. for ten from the field. That's impressive. I mean, it, that's a sad line. That's just that's freak. It's crazy. I'm guessing he went home and made DeAndre Ayton Jr. after that stat line. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm thinking he's. I'm thinking he's 20, dialed in. Like 22, 19, 8 to ten from the field. Like if his I wife wasn't just waiting. I don't like, think he's married. I think he's. Just, I think he's too <laughs> dialed in. He's just hooping. He's just hooping right now. That's all that that'll come after the finals, I think. But <laughs> now, right now, he's focused on winning this, getting, a Kardashian, getting, a Kardashian getting Seattle. Oh, don't let's hope not. <laughs> don't do it. Devin Booker uh, is proving the odds. Like that'll ruin that'll ruin his career. Devin Booker saying otherwise. He's too young. He's too young. He can't. He can't do him. Do himself. Do that to himself. That's just a bad decision. <laughs> Stay away, young man. Stay away. Oh shoot! It's so undefe- many great. It's undefeated though. <laughs> <laughs> so many great. So many great men have fallen. To oh, terrible. Dude, All right. Well, undefeated. so this will be. So we can agree this is going to be. I think it's going to be a good series. I think the Bucks are going to. I think it's going to go at least six. I I would say six. If I hope for seven, just because I want basketball to be longer. But that's right. just me selfishly saying that. Well, you know, we've also got the the basketball tournament coming up. TBT. TBT that comes up. Gosh, I don't even. I want to say weeks. like two in weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. In July. I, I just think that that's really kind of fun to see the 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 guys that you know you, you followed as a, as a college basketball fan who play in it. Hey, the uh, the kid from Iwu um, is playing Vegas. in it. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. He's playing on the Purdue team. The you want to know Mackey. something about the TBT compared to the NBA, NBA like playoffs? Yeah, I will watch every TBT game compared to the NBA playoff. You think? I, I usually do. I just enjoy I watch, it way more because they play harder. And I it feel like way more. I feel like I'm very it's hit one, and miss. It's like, one I feel, game. I, I agree with that. I feel like if I turn it on and it's a team that has guys that I've heard of and that I, I have followed at some point, that I'll probably stay with it. But if it's like a team um, – yeah. That's got a bunch of dudes I've never heard of, or I, I generally am like, okay, whatever. It's not I'll until tell you it what, really gets down to like the sweet sixteen of. The I was gonna say words. once they get through the first couple rounds, then I, I'll start yeah. following it. I'll tell you this though, my favorite team name this year in the <laughs> basketball tournament. Can you guess what team name it is? No, I can't believe that they put this as their team name. But do wait. you do you remember? The old uh, Cincinnati crosstown rivalry 
between uh, the University of Cincinnati and Xavier that ended in like a, a crazy a brawl. brawl. Yeah, yeah, And the yeah. guy, I can't remember the guy's name, Two Holloway, Two Holloway, Two Holloway in the post game said, <laughs> we, 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 we just gangsters, we just, we going to zip them up. We zip them up, yeah. Zip them and up. that's what their name is. That is their, that is Xavier's team's team name, zip them up. Good for them. The Xavier alumni team, which is outstanding. Uh, they've got some guys on it now too. They've got a uh, couple. They got J, JP Makura who can who can play. They got uh, Inez Cantor's little brother. Do you uh, have any roster that you really like? I don't know. This is the first I've opened one of the rosters, to be totally honest. But now I'm looking at this website. It's legit, man. I may, I may. This may be a rabbit hole. I fall in for like an hour later. You never know. <laughs> You never know. The crazy things, crazier things have happened. Uh, and, and I think what makes me like the Elon, it's the Elon ending. The, the, the Elon ending? Oh, yeah. that's not. No, do you think, though, do you think that people would really get behind that at the collegiate or the pro level? No, too much money involved. I agree. Thank you. 100%. 100% agree. But um, I think for, for the TBT and. Not that that's like if we I was playing for a million dollars, but these you can't pay a three hundred million dollar contract to somebody, and every game comes down to oh reset the score like yeah you got nine nine more points or whatever it is and, and now that's the game sponsors and an eighty two game schedule like I think there's way too much money involved to that's probably I, true I love I love the setup though. I'm not going to lie. I could get on board with it for high school hoops. Yeah. And I'll yeah. tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because the amount of high school games, and you know this as well as anybody, the amount of, there's two things I want to do. I went, I went Indiana, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. I want Indiana shot high clock. school basketball to get the shot clock because I would have yeah. never thought I'd want that. And yeah. I want to have the Elam ending. And the reason is it stops the parade of free throws in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maybe they but just the, do it for the JV games because those take forever. That's a good idea. But like I did it before, it, they started in the third quarter. I think <laughs> I, I think that for I think I think you could do it in college. I think you could do it in like the preseason tournaments. I, I think you do that in all all all, all tournaments except the NCAA yeah. tournament. Any not conference tournament, but all the in season tournaments. Yes, that'd be awesome. Like, like just change it up. And I do think the NBA needs to go some point. Like I love the thought of a um, in-season tournament around Christmas time. They gotta have to do something because their regular season's a joke and nobody uh, cares. They play in too many games. Like too many games. Too many games. We like had that base, conversation it's like earlier. Base, it's like baseball. Who wants to watch? Does really any MLB fan watch 162 games? No. On TV, like. Like, no, I can't like, even, I can't even watch, I can't even watch baseball because the major league baseball has made it so virtually impossible to actually promote teams in their local areas. It's just ridiculous. We won't, that's a tangent. We can't go down dad. We can't go there. No, Charlie, Charlie will lose his cool. It'll be a whole awkward thing again. We don't he want lose his cool anyway, so we don't need him losing <laughs> over baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie loses cool yet again. We haven't even gotten into our debates yet. Like, what are we talking about? All right. Well, we, I don't think we. I think we agree on most of these things today. We we do, right? So far. all right. So we I'm we sure have there won't be, but 
we have to talk about the elephant in the room that is name, image, and likeness at college Jesus. basketball. First off, let me just go. Let me just go here. Okay, number one, um, I think this is probably. I don't think it's probably. I don't. I don't think you can argue that this is not overdue. I think this is overdue. Right. However, I don't like the fact that there is not a clear standard for how this is going to be measured. Like, for example, I heard an interview with a prominent former Indiana University basketball coach this week uh, named Tom Crean, where he said, and for whatever way, you feel I about to that, and we are way better than them, but that's a whole nother pod. Oh, it just, that dude, stop. Anyway, the, <laughs> the thing that Crean said that I had not even thought about because I'm not a college basketball coach. That is probably the first thing every college coach thought about was, okay, how do I make sure my, my kids don't end up ineligible and I don't get in trouble. And how do I make sure nobody on my staff is, is violating rules. And he made the point that as of right now, there are no real rules. And so it's going to be really, really sticky. Yeah. It's cutthroat. But, but honestly, like, when does the NCA ever really do anything? Like, shoot, Will Wade's going to get an extension here. Like, yeah, the FBI, the whole Bill FBI Self, thing Bill is Self's still not a, law, a lifetime you, contract. Like, what are we? You hate Bill about? Self. You hate I do Bill because, Self because, like, I hate cheaters. Well, unless we're cheating, right? I mean, that, I mean, it's totally cool if we're doing it. Right. Um, all right, so NIL is the thing. It's gonna be. It's gonna be absolutely wild. I think we agree. Here's the thing. I here's what I here's what I think, and you you could tell me whether you disagree with this or not. I think that NIL should be huge for schools like IU, Purdue, um, Kentucky, Louisville, Kansas. Um, I think those schools that are like kind of the flagship schools for their states. This has an opportunity to be huge for bringing kids in. And I guess my real hope would be that it ends up being something where those borderline draft pick kids can make enough money or make a little bit of money that they then say, I'm going to stay in school for another year and I'm going to develop yeah. here as opposed to, I'm going to go to the NBA and sit, or I'm going to go to the G league and sit Uh because I, I believe still there's value in being a college athlete, especially at those big schools where people there's become a fan incentive, of yours and stay there's there. There's never been an incentive to stay. No, no. It's but there might be now. Right. Not that like, it's going to keep everybody, but I think, no. like, I think you will keep some, and that will make obviously make the game better. Well, and I think that that's got to be the goal, right? The, the goal has to be what can we do – to make this product uh, a better product. And that's what, that's the thing the NCAA just screws up all the time. Like why, why is the NCAA not contracting with, with sports agents and with, bars, with barstool athletes? Well, no, that, which we got to go. I can talk about that in a minute, but why is the NCAA not, not partnering with those, with those kinds of people and saying, okay, what are the things that our kids don't know? that we need to be teaching them. They can't talk all this crap about being an educational thing, but then never educate kids, which is that that's getting yeah. And that's my biggest issue with the NCA. So I got a, I got a close family friend and I actually kind of like this idea. It'll never, ever happen, but I kind of like this idea. His idea was that 
instead of giving these guys this crazy, you know, just wild west of money coming in, you basically make a rule that you can go make whatever you want with your NIL. The school takes that money, puts it into a trust account of some kind, some kind of investment account in your name. It's yours and only yours. But you can't access that money till you're out. Till you, till you have a degree. I like that, but that'll never happen. It'll never happen. But I mean, the idea that you incentivize the education piece, which is what the NCA is supposed to be about, and obviously, I'm you know I'm big on education as a public educator. But the what that could mean is okay, I get the school puts this into this trust and if it takes me 20 years to get my degree, then it takes me 20 years to get my degree, but once I get that degree, I get that 15, 20, 100,000 dollars that's sitting there in my name. That just bucks our entire society right now though. Well, I know, but like who cares? The immediate, the immediate gratification and likes. Oh yeah. Oh, like I said, it'll never happen. No, it'll never but happen. That's, that's a smart idea. From Stop. an edu- tell Tell whoever you're talking to to stop thinking rationally. Well, I, I, my exact words were, <laughs> that makes way too much sense from an educational standpoint, so that'll never happen. That was my exact response. But I do think that, that that's a problem. The NCA has, has no kind of thought process long game on this. And how is that possible? Ed O'Bannon sued them like 15 years ago. You knew eventually, you had to have known eventually you were going to lose. And they just have like, I just don't understand how this governing body is over an entire organization. All they, yeah, and they do zero like educating themselves. Like it always falls back on like I the school. Like yeah, the what school. are you doing? It's like no, and say like we're all abiding by your rules that you said, but you never educate anybody. Right. Absolutely. You always point fingers to everybody else except yourself. Well, and I think that they're there and their their safety net to be able to do that is that they say our job is only to uphold the rules that the member institutions put in place. It's the same thing IHSA says every time that there's a a question about a kid transferring because he wants to play at a different school. It's going to be a matter of time till a middle finger is given to him and somebody starts something else. At some point, what? Well, and and I think you're right, and I think NIL could actually be the the first catalyst of that because I think the Power Five conferences, which I hate using that, they don't that care though, like moniker. Too much money for UNCA. <laughs> At some point, they're going to go out on their own, and they're going to be like, "You're an idiot," and one of our teams wins a national championship in most sports anyway, so bye. Um, right. And I think that need you. That's where the that's where the NIL I think could lead to a big big shift in in the national kind of landscape kind of like in addition you're right in addition to you know just the the sheer player empowerment piece i mean so let's talk about some of the player empowerment thing you brought up balls barstool athletics (laughs) i don't know have you seen the amount of like iu especially iu athletes because i follow iu IU athletes that are like, I'm a barstool athlete now. What does that even mean? Did you listen to the Dave Portney interview with Doc? No, I can't do Dave Portnoy, man. I can't. Okay. I can't, I I can't get on board. Douche. So what I they're doing do it. is it's actually extremely smart marketing on his part. Oh, well, he's brilliant. He's brilliant in that regard. Right. 
So basically what you do is you pop on, you fill out an application, you say, you validate that you're an athlete. That you are who you say you are. Right. They'll send you a T, I think it's a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, <laughs> and a sweatpants. And you rock that. It's basically what you do. That's all you have to do. And then what they'll do is help you, since you're rocking their gear, they will help you try to get other get with Yes. Oh, like, wow. That is they're brilliant. Not, they're not paying you any money. They're not paying any money. Now, they probably will like the elite few. But his, his thing was, we will bring in, you know, the softball player, the baseball player, the lacrosse player right. that's probably not going to make any money. Right. We can wear our stuff around campus, and maybe that will get you a, cool. you know, commercial or the well, amount whatever. of whatever the amount you know? of IU athletes that I have seen tweeting out that they are barstool athletes now is right. mind blowing. Yeah, that's all it is. And I did not realize that's brilliant. I mean, good brilliant. for him. Right. He's like, we're not paying anybody money. We just. And, and I'm sure they will help people. You know, it's not like he's going to, like, send these people money and not help. Right. Like, or send them gear, I meant. Um, right. I just thought that was brilliant marketing on his part to get ahead of, like, the ball game with all these jackasses. And I think they're getting, like, somebody on an advisory team that's, like, if, if there's multiple – if there's uh, somebody um, – you to be exclusive then they're le- they're not legit like yeah, he was talking kind of like crazy like if one company's telling you that you can only be exclusive then they're gaming you right um, if anybody like he was he was actually really 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 good in uh the interview that i was listening to um i was pretty impressed that actually um on his thought process and like all they're trying to do is grow Barstool, and all he's Dude. trying to do is grow their brand too. So if That's exactly he, right. all he all he needs to do is some gear on them to help them grow their brand. The what's, amount of what's kids. A, what's a t-shirt, sweatshirt, and sweatpants at that point? You know, I mean, like, you got we got. Bucks? I'm looking at it right now. We got IU wrestlers. We got IU <laughs> water polo players. We've got women's field hockey. We've got track and field. I've got a couple Any, offensive linemen. Anybody can linemen. sign up for it. Like I've got a couple offensive linemen that aren't even, that I've never heard of, and I follow IU football more than any human should. Uh, it's insane. Uh, one girl. Volleyball. One girl. Softball. Uh, so, Jacksonville. There's a Jacksonville State volleyball player. That's how I got started. And whatever, whatever she did, she was like, "Hey, I want to be a. I love, I love Barstool Sports. Blah 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 blah." Send me some gear. I'll wear it. That's it. She didn't ask for money. She didn't ask for anything. But by and doing so that, started that, the whole movement. By doing that and wearing the gear and all that stuff, like she gains followers. People oh, yeah. start like that's how it happens, and it has. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Well, it's gonna be Barstool. It's gonna be really interesting to see how these kids, for lack of a better word, monetize this. It's also gonna be interesting to see how many of them end up in trouble for not paying taxes on income. Because, yeah. <laughs> because but, but, uh, how many that, of them have yeah. had to fill out a, a legitimate income tax return? I never well, filled sure. I never filled one out yeah. when I was in college. But, you know, and I had jobs. 
Like, but if you're if you're the university and you're not doing that, then you're just you but, suck. But you know that there's universities that are going to do that. Well, and you know there's kids that just like not going to do don't, it. They don't know any better. There's going like to be kids got, who don't know any better. Well, I think that's part of the when you come in. I, I'm sure that's part of your orientation as an athlete now. Well, uh, yeah, I and mean, that's one of the things I'm actually really. I mean, f- as an IU fan, I'm really, I'm really kind of proud of. I know they, IU is doing it, but I, I know what you're saying. Like the smaller D ones, like how much are they really gonna try? Yeah, to how much? How are they gonna be able to do that? How are they gonna be able to like, like if I'm a, if I'm at Ball State or Indiana State, can I really contract with these two different organizations that IU is contracted with, like Altius Sports and some other thing that are that are there to like teach no, the pr- kids how to do it? <laughs> no, because they don't have that some- money. They're gonna have some professor run around that they're like, "Hey, this is part now part of your, yeah, I mean, uh, your I mean, job. If you if you want to keep your job now, you have to teach this class." Uh, and you you talk like, about the divide between the the quote unquote power five and everybody else. I mean, that's just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger oh, uh, with this. Uh, yeah, yes and no. Because here's what I think is gonna happen. I know. Give me, give me, yeah, give us this. <laughs> give us this. I think some of these colleges that have like crazy alumni that have made like. So let's just. Let's just throw uh, out a name. Let's just throw out a name. Let's say David Letterman at Ball State University. He's going to go to his colleagues, and they're going to come around and be like, all right, let's get a pool of $3 million, and let's go get a top five class. <laughs> but, don't they, but don't they have to have – like, don't the kids – that's, I guess, I don't know, the rules. Like, that's – and hey, that's the stuff that – come do that, some commercials. Here's – Here's exactly like well like, my favorite my favorite thing i've heard is like if you are if you're a small insurance agency in like one of the southern write- states is that a write-off it's got to be it's a business expense <laughs> then then it gets even crazy i don't see it should be isn't marketing isn't be. marketing i'm gonna have to ask my wife if marketing is a typical <laughs> business expense because she would it know is. and i have I'm no sure. idea i mean if it is then dude let's go but it, i mean it's it's certainly capped I mean, it's not like you can say oh, my business pays eight million dollars. I mean, it's hey, got to be a Lander, capped number. Hey, Christian Lander, I own a brick company. I'm going to give you a million dollars to come be the spokesman for. Our, oh wow! Oh, shots fired! <laughs> shots fired, Christian! Oh, that poor poor kid. Let's hope he let's hope he can hit the rim more this year. Poor kid. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be crazy, dude. I think this is going to make the craziness of the transfer portal look like nothing. In all in all honesty. I, I just like the fact of having something to talk about that's like so beyond what I can even like imagine. You can't like you I, can't fathom it. Like I I just find it enjoyable because you just think about all the crazy things, like the rabbit holes that you can go down. Like that's why we're on this pod. Like think about think about the the we had in our text chain the other day about the 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 D three kid who who posted. <laughs> He posted yeah, that he's he a D three. Yeah, I'm a like, D3 athlete. Like, I'm, what are you doing, buddy? Like, hey, listen, but you know what? In some communities, that D three athlete may be able to make a little head. He Not was a lot. Follow- he was following more people than the followers he had. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. You got to start small. I mean, come hey, on. You got You got Charlie and Dad. Shot. That's how. That's how you got D. That's how you end up with Charlie and Dad Bod Pod. That's how you got your wife. And you got to well, shoot yeah, your you, shot. You got to shoot your shot. You can't be afraid. You cannot be afraid. Um, but yeah, this is going to uh, be nuts, man. This is going to be nuts. One other thought. I have one other thought. And All I right, go. This is... Women will make way more than males when it comes to NIL. Oh, and you're going to go down and, this road. And it won't even be close. 
I think that that's possible. Now, are you talking? Are you talking? Hold on, now. Are you saying overall? Or are you saying like individual people? Individual people. Okay. Overall, the high-profile athletes—they're going to okay. make their money, and they right. have been making their money. What are we talking yeah. about? Now it's just yeah. legal. Yeah, exactly. But, but the women. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing I thought about. One of the things that I I had I, had, uh, I read an article. I can't remember what it was. Either in the Indiana Business Journal or. I don't know, one of the business like magazines, I saw this article and it talked about the fact that one of the things these college coaches are worried about that they're not saying is that they're concerned about the amount of work it actually is to, to be a successful marketer of something like all these kids think, Oh man, you know, LeBron James, all these guys who have these million, you know, Peyton Manning is a great example. All these guys who have a million, uh, you know, a million different, commercials that they just like show up and the commercials are like oh yeah great it like it doesn't that's take time the, and it's not hard work and i think that's the, part of the unintended consequences that's gonna happen oh you're gonna for sure have, you're gonna have people who want to and and it's always been that way though like you're gonna have people that want to be really 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 good players yeah and you're gonna have people now that want to be really really good players but they also want think they're you know, the next greatest thing and they're going to want to go shoot commercials and do autograph signings. And next thing yep. you know, the guy at the end of the bench is it's now past, past him. And now it's like, well, now what company should probably be paying him instead of this guy. Tell you right now, the contracts, the contract situation is where it's, it's going to be where like Indian university, whatever university, is really going to educate their athlete on as far as like read the dotted line. Like, well, they're going to have to get these kids some help at that piece because some, if you're a kid, like, you know, you and I, I mean, we're a terrible example, but like you and I would not have been able to enter into a contract without our dads reading it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, but if, if we didn't have that support system, because we're blessed that we had great dads who cared about us. But, I mean, you think about the kids we've worked, just the kids we've worked with that wouldn't have had anybody to read this contract. Some of these kids are going to be are going to be like uh, – uh, Well, and think about the jobs that we took. Like, I never I, I never read a contract from the school because I never dreamed that they would take advantage of me. So I just signed it. That's true. You know, I, I, I didn't read most of the lingo in there. Now, right, like, because – because yeah, you're right. In that in, in that instance, you probably you don't feel like you need to. But in this, this is going to be something where kids are going. I think there's going to be kids who get like abused. A, like IU, you know, they hire these organizations that are going to come in and read the contracts, and 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 I think that's where they're ahead of the game. And, well, and except a lot for the fact that the state are. of Indiana has no law in place to protect the university. Yeah, that's a whole another. Well, that's another whole thing, and we're we're not going to let me go on go in on the G- Indiana General Assembly because we'll lose <laughs> we'll lose we'll lose the small few listeners that we have. Uh, they'll be like, "Gosh, what is wrong with Charlie?" And we're not going to we're not going to do that. That's not healthy. But I think this is going to be a crazy story for us to follow over the next couple of years, and we're going to have to. This will give us some actually, good hay on the pod. Yeah, yeah, I actually really like. I like the topic because I think I think it's needed to happen. Oh, for sure. Uh, but I also didn't have a answer for how it should happen. Well, here's here's my here's my favorite idea that I've heard, and that is if I were an insurance, if I owned an insurance company, 
I don't even care if it was like a branch of State Farm Insurance or whatever. And I lived in the South. If I lived in Mississippi or Alabama or Tennessee or any of those Southern states that are crazy about college football, I would immediately go get the offensive line from that school in their uniforms, and I would make some stupid commercial that's just ridiculous with the offensive. I would pay them money. The off that would be will right. we protect you like the Alabama O line? We protect <laughs> you like the and I would be all about that so that those big uglies could make a few bucks. And yeah, I, and and I one of the other things that I yes it, it, you know yeah you get some you get some laughs and all of a sudden your name is out there and people are talking about you because it a bit as a business you got to want that right I mean right and then every year you just take the. Whoever comes in, we do it again. Like, or and you do, you know, every year you do another stupid, you know, thing. Right. Uh, I saw, I saw another, I saw a college, um, a football player at Purdue, and I don't, I can't remember his name, but he's like this really, really talented artist. And as a college athlete, until now, he wasn't allowed to sell Sing his at artwork. Bars. Sing at bars. Yes. Like, I think that's the fact that's that so they stupid like, that they weren't allowed to do that until now. It's like, okay, come on, these things are common sense things that should have already been in place, and now, now it's only a matter of time for the NCAA to screw it up because that's what the NCAA does. They should just hire me. They should just hire Charlie and Dad to be the NCAA president. Should. We'll square them away so fast. I'll bring. I'm, I'm gonna apply for. <laughs> I'm gonna apply for a job there. It's happening. I'll bring my, I'll bring all my licensing, all my really we'll bring our tuxedo t-shirts, tuxedo the... t-shirts. Here we come. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring, yeah. I'll bring, I'll bring all the framed licenses of all my different degrees. We're, we're gold. We're, right. Like, all right. Master degrees. Like we have to, we have to be locked in. Dude, I've got, I've got two of them for, that's got to count for something, right? Like I shoot. You just one up to me. I did. I, I knew I was, <laughs> was going to drop that on you. All right. We're going to move on from NIL for now. We'll get back to it, I'm sure, because we're going to have a lot to talk about with NIL down the line. Forever topic. It will, for at least for at least for a few years, because it's just going to be chaos. I'm in, I'm oh, in, which one thing I have to I have to before we leave NIL, did you see that I use football quarterback? Will, will, um, yes. Michael Penix, $500, 500 for, bucks an hour to play video games with him? Good for him. Dude, if somebody's paying that, then they're stupid. Right. I'm not gonna lie though. If I, when I was 10 years old, if or 12 years old, if Calbert Cheney would have played like Bird versus, you know, would have played Donkey Kong with you. No, I would rather <laughs> play like a sports game. I'm trying to think of what Bulls versus Blazers. That was one of the sports games when I was about that age. NBA if I Live could get 95. Yes. Oh Mario, man. Mar Mario Kart. Mario, Mario Kart. Kart. Oh, dude, if I could get Calvert Chain to play this game, little drunk driver kid, on Mario oh, Kart. That'd be awesome. I'd be all about that life. We might pull in money to just go Michael Penix drunk driver on Mario Kart. Mario Kart, yeah. But yeah. but we'll, yeah, but we'll big kid sleepover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We won't, but we won't tell. We won't tell. We, we won't tell him how old we are. We'll like use a picture yeah, of our kids. Yeah, like yeah. this kid yeah, adores okay. you. Let's you play. You to play Mario Kart with my with my nine with my nine year old. <laughs> it's really you and me. <laughs> there you go. Oh, all right. So Pacers got a new coach. Uh, yeah, Rick Carlisle. Cool. Love it or shove it. We're going. We're going talk uh, radio. We're going talk radio style right now. Love it or so I, shove I, it. I, you got to pick. I, you can't. You you can't. You can't be I'll on the it. fence. I'll love. I'll love it. Give me why. Because I think we need somebody to tell Malcolm Brogdon, "You're not that good," and Dom, 
Sabonis, like, you're a really good player. You're really young, but you're not going to run this franchise. You're not going to run how these things go. Mm. Um, I think we tried. I think Nick McMillan was that guy. They didn't like him. They brought in somebody outside the box, hated him. But now we went back to Rick Carlisle, who's really does not care um, when it comes to hurting feelings and absolutely being the, being the top dog. I think, too, Carlisle brings with him a credibility that even McMillan didn't have in that not, – and not just because he won one title, but because he coached Dirk Nowitzki, he coached Jason Kidd, he coached Luca. Now, granted, apparently him and Luca had a Ron bit of a falling Artest. out at the end. He coached Meta World Peace. Who um, loves him? But, which, by the yeah, I was getting ready to say, the fact that, respect. that that guy, Steven Jackson, the fact that yeah. they had nothing but good things to say about him. Reggie Miller had some really positive things. So I think that that's, um, I'm going to love it as well. I'm going to love it for a different reason. I'm going to love it because it's time for the adults to be back in the room. And you, and, and not only that, but with the contract they gave him, four years, $29 million, the Pacers That's have like, never, uh, never paid a coach like that. Never, no, no. And so that's well, obviously that's saying like we're, we're going we're, in. Yeah, we're ready to, one, see if this Sabonis and Turner thing can really work out with somebody mm-hmm. who, who, has a re- who who's really innovative offensively. Offensively, uh, yes. Mc, McMillan was a defensive coach. Bjorgen was an offensive coach, which sort he had of. some success too. Um but it's like, all right, can we meet in the middle and find some ground where we can guard and still score points? <laughs> like, can we do both? You think the you think the Pacers should play at both ends of the floor, not just one? Gosh, like it's two opposites in the last two coaches. Like, yeah. it, it's that's insane. Yeah, but that's also the way it goes, though, right? Like, if you get rid of a guy, you got you you go as opposite him as you can. Um, and that, <laughs> we and, saw that. If we I saw that, and I, I lived that uh, a little more than, than most people. Um, but I think that that's, that's an important point that Rick Carlisle hopefully is kind of that middle, that middle piece of that with a crazy, crazy amount of experience. Um, so, yeah, we'll see, man. So we're both loving it. We're not shoving it. That's, that's very important. What's our first no, I ever can't, I, I can't talk radio that, segment? Like... I mean, I could shove it. I just, I'm not going to because I actually like Rick Carlisle. I thought that I they love it. Should... I love it a lot more than I shove it. I don't think that they should have fired him when they fired him. It wasn't his fault. Ron Artest is crazy and ran up into the stands and ruined probably the best team the Pacers had in the last 20 years. No, but the, he should have ran up in the stands and punched that dude. Like the guy no, should have a beer. No, guy, he shouldn't. Yeah, well, the guy shouldn't have thrown a beer. I wouldn't have gone up there and punched the guy. I didn't know who I did it. You would have tried to find out. I would have threw something into the stands. I probably wouldn't have gone no, into the stands. It's Detroit, man. It's Detroit. It's Detroit. You would have. You would have. It's, de- with, it's de- Detroit what? I would have been. With, that was what I've been thinking. I'd have been thinking about with, Detroit with what. With Ron Artest's background, like you can't throw oh, a beer yeah. and him not go. That's like, true. Impossible. That's true. I mean, listen, that was the darkest day in Pacers history. Um, darkest and, day. One of the darkest days in NBA history. Oh, you could argue is the darkest. I mean, you can yeah. make that argument. Like, but I remember watching it live and thinking, "I do too." <laughs> Holy hell, what is happening? I um, couldn't believe a dude actually threw a beer. I couldn't <laughs> believe that the guy. I couldn't believe the guy. Yeah, why'd you waste Came your on the beer? Floor at O'Neal. He 
should yeah, how about that? We now that guy, that guy, die. that guy is the guy who really we ought to be asking how what's going on with him because he's he lucky. Make that little slip on the floor. He better be glad there was all that stuff on the floor because Jo might have oh killed him. Gosh, he'd have killed him. I've watched that so many times, and like every time I ask myself, I'm like, "How did that man survive?" No, he barely got hit because if, if that would have been if that would have been little Aussie, clean, he clean. Went, he would if he, he would have went to sleep for days. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, little Aussie would not have been anywhere near that court. <laughs> no, you, no, you're right. There's there's a lot of things about little Aussie that I know, and one of <laughs> them liked, is he, he is he is not getting in fights. <laughs> No. Austin is not getting in fights. No. I talk my way into him and I talk my way out of him. Charlie is probably the only <laughs> two of us that's actually got a little violence in him. Not anymore, that's though. Right. I'm kind of old and soft. All right. Because right, you right. were at Lawrence and I was at Franklin. That's probably the difference. I don't know. I think, I don't know. My my family's got a got a pretty, there's a pretty good streak of hothead in my family, and that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, a lot of a lot of feistiness in the uh, in the blood. Um, I'm shocked on both sides. Yeah, so that's pretty much got it. All right, so here's we're gonna switch it up. We're gonna go on a segment. We've been one of one of our one of our biggest listeners. Um, one of those times we talked. Uh, I don't remember when a long time ago, but we said, "Hey, send us ideas, questions, things you'd like to hear us talk about." And one of our listeners actually sent us this suggestion, and it was that we talk about um, what it actually, what a day is actually like for um, high school basketball coaches. We talk a lot about high school hoops on our pod, um, but we really haven't spent a lot of time talking you know what that actually what what that day-to-day talk about question we just like to complain about iu and right but so this was something that was uh so here we go so let's talk a little bit about what high school basketball coaches are doing right now in july um because i'm gonna be really honest with you the biggest reason i'm not a high school basketball coach anymore is because of the summer uh yeah yes yes so here's what so here's the way i suggest we do this we talk a little bit about what summer looks like Talk about your preseason in the fall, what the season looks like, and then the postseason, like kind of what that looks like. And then I've got a couple questions that you and I are going to have to talk through. First off, why the hell does anybody want to be a high school basketball coach? <laughs> I really don't know. Honestly. And secondly, uh, why did you and me, why did we become coaches? And then why, I just said mine, why did we get out? I got out because of the summers, and it, it just got to the place where I didn't, I didn't value that. I've, I valued my time differently um, as I got older. So let's talk about that. So the summertime, all right, school school gets out, day in the life of high school coach in, in Indiana. And I, I can't speak to any level other than 4A. I've never been in any level but 4A. Um, I've been in um, – the only places I've been were central Indiana, high, high, big, big high schools, high, high level of high school basketball. And so June was hell. Right, like June is not enjoyable for a high school coach. No, and I don't think I I don't know I don't know that June is is enjoyable for high school players. No, because you have on top of so you have workouts. Yeah, you're, let's let's just say let's just do it like the way we had it scheduled. You got a workout in the morning, right? You usually on court and weights. You have camp, right? So like a workout is 
is one on one individual workouts, team workouts, uh, open gym, weight weightlifting, open gym, you name it. It's one of those four things. Right. Secondly, you have camp. Summer camp. Because, and because depending on the program, you're going to have. And depending the, on your school, based yes. on how much money you can make from. So camp used to be coaches would make money based on the camp, whatever you made, went to your assistant coaches, went to the head coach. Everybody would make some pretty good cash based off. And based off, that was kind of like your kickback from all the work that you did for the year. Absolutely. Well, a lot of schools now are taking that money and putting it back into just the basketball program. That's correct. Which which is great for the kids, but you're also downplaying the you're... fact of what what all the coaches do for your program. You're killing um, that that opportunity for a coach to make a little extra side side money in the summer when that, when let's be that, real, a lot of teachers because most coaches are, are teachers happy about because that's exactly right. Most of your teacher, most of your coaches are teachers, and that extra every little bit of money in the summer is is a huge win. And that is really that's a good point that they've taken a lot of camp money. And like you said, depending on the school you're at, like some some schools will do have to do like I would imagine Carmel probably has to do like three or four weeks of camp just for sheer numbers. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. We absolutely. always did. To we a always school where it's yes. probably one camp for the summer. We we always had three weeks of camp. Um. At, at where I was at, and we had uh, we had a week of we called it rec recreational camp, and that one our actually our our community paid for it was free for the kids, um, and we did get paid a little bit from that. It was paid for by the township government, and then we had our school. Uh, we called it our fundamental camp, which was all about skills, and the kids were put on teams, and they had a lot of fun. And then we always did a shooting camp. Uh, with the idea of developing, hopefully, the right fundamentals to be a, a good shooter, and that was that was three weeks of June, and like you, you know, June's basically over. And on top of that, you've like you said, three or four days a week, you've got your morning workouts, and nowadays every weekend you're playing in shootouts, you're playing right. in some kind of tournament. Uh, we always played in a league at Best Choice Fieldhouse, which was one or two nights a week. Um. I mean, it's just. I would guess a weekly average in the month of June is in between seventy and ninety hours of work. Uh it could be, but I think it's probably more full. It's probably that more forty-hour time period. It feels like seventy. Uh when you add the when you add the weekend. Well, that's true. I didn't think about the weekend. Yeah, that's true. With the weekend, you're right. Especially you're, if you're, you do the overnight you're forty. You're, you're right. You're forty-hour weekend from Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Or for 40 hour week for sure. Then if every weekend you're doing a shootout or some sort, you usually play three, four games a day. Yeah. You're there another eight hours at least. Yeah. And that doesn't not count. Count, Not counting the fact that you pick up kids. You yep. have to wait for kids rides. Like, man, yeah, you... you're forgetting a lot of the little bitty things that just drove me out of like coaching. <laughs> like, well, and I think nothing, that's what had nothing to do with coaching, like. But that's the thing I think people don't, you know. And that's what this this listener was kind of getting at. Like, I don't think people understand. You guys always make little comments about, well, that's not the, you know, the time is not three to five. I think that people don't realize that those are things that that you're constantly doing. Okay, so that's that's June. Then July, you're back to uh, every school, every team, every place in the state has the two weeks of moratorium, which is the last week of June, first week of July. And then after that, it's back to just three days a week with your workouts, 
those usually aren't bad. July never bothered me. I I, lo- I love July. Yeah, I liked August. But July is also really big if you have really talented players where you may not see your kids they're, for a month. Yeah, they're they're gone because which, they're traveling. Which you're telling your kid like, don't see me. Yes. Well. Playing. Well, I don't think that most coaches are doing that. I think that they maybe should be doing that, but I think a lot of coaches are saying, "Oh, you still got to get in here to our stuff." Um. And I think that leads to a lot of the usage type injuries and stuff that you see kids getting on a regular basis. But that's another that's another rant for another day. All right. So then then the summer ends. School starting in August. Uh, most coaches that I've been around give kind of August is pretty chill. Uh, get everybody back in the groove of going to school, um, and then right around after, that Labor Day, that Labor yeah, Day, post Labor Day, it's go time. And yeah, you're going at minimum three times a week. And I think the IHSA official rule is three times a week until you're one month before the season. Then you can go four times a week. And what that looks like a lot of times has to do with your facilities too. Like, um, Yeah, What? so if you're a teacher, which most of you guys are, which I find like now that I'm out, it's like pretty crazy. So if you teach and you're there from 7.30 to 3.30 – yeah. Let's say you can't even get gym time till five thirty, five. six o'clock at night. Like, so now you're staying at school, doing all your extra stuff. You do workouts. You don't get home till nine o'clock. Yeah, sometimes you're that's true. Spit, that, that's a, that's a fourteen hour day mm-hmm. for to to coach and teach and and do everything that's involved with with coaching. And that over a course of time just wears on people. Yep. Um, obviously, like Noblesville and uh, Anderson when I was there, and even New Haven when I was there, um, our facilities were were better than most. Yeah, I was going to say, our facilities like, made it possible. School, like, I, I did workouts right after. It's no big deal. Like, roll on. But that's, that's only for – not small very number. many schools in the state of Indiana or even across the country when it comes to that. And most people, you know, and, and even parents, they're just like, all they worry about is the uh, Friday night lights or Friday night game. And what happened for that, you know, 32 minutes of a basketball game. Like, Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think it's one of those things where when you, when you look at the preseason, at least, and like you said, the facilities, I, I've ne- I never had to go late night, open gyms and stuff like that because we always had extra space. We um, had a few nights. The I other school. We had two. Well, that's probably true a couple times, but not for, not for the most part. And one of the things, though, too, is if you're at a big school and you have a strength and conditioning coach, that, that, that plays a big yeah. role in your preseason because not only do you have the head coach, especially, you know, us, we were varsity assistants – not only do you have to do whatever the head coach needs, but you're, you may be very, very involved in the workout piece in the weight room in a different way than maybe you, you know, would so when think at, you would be. When I was at New Haven, um, I was really good friends with the, uh, oh, the guidance counselor. So I, I went into your office and was like, you know, blah, 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 lady, I'm not going to name her name. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> why can we not for any athlete? Like, why are they not taking weightlifting? Like, do you understand the amount of like headache that you're creating for these coaches and the amount of time that yeah. we are we are having to devote to weightlifting? If you can just incorporate it in their day, 
Actually, I was softball coach. I was softball coach at the time. And so I'm like, can I just get these, like, girls into, like, just beginner weightlifting? I don't care what it is. Like, just right. – I don't want to I don't want to do it. And she's like, yeah, that sounds great, but <laughs> – Half your girls are in like high owners classes and all these yeah. things, and I'm, you know, just so many things came into why they could not, you know, take these classes. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't expect these girls to like practice for two hours each day and then weightlift on top of that. Like, I can't do that. Well, I think that that's part of you know, if you if you don't have that strength and conditioning coach giving you the expertise of what are the right things for these kids to be doing with their bodies um, who want to be high level athletes. Um, I think you're, I think, I think you you're, need, I think you need it to be successful in, at anyways. Oh, you definitely do. But some schools just can't make that happen. And like where I was at for softball. Cause it's like not important, you know? It's like, well, and that's the thing I think you have to keep in mind. All right. So that's, so preseason gets going. You go, you go open gyms, you do all kinds of things. Then the season rolls around. For a lot of schools, they go two a days to start um, because you only got 10, 10 or twelve days until your first game. You, and you have to. Have, you're required by the IHSA to have three day, three practices uh, of tryouts, official tryouts. You can't just tell kids they're cut officially. Um, so you got three practices. You got three practices with some guy in green jean shorts who has no idea what he's doing. They just um, play 21 on a basket. They just are just in your way and they're drill killers <laughs> and they make coaches like giggles crazy. <laughs> and, <Giggs. laughs> and you, and they make Charlie yeah. and dad just die laughing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so you get through your first couple weeks. Now you got your first game. And then once you get to that first game, the marathon is really on and, you know, you're playing that first week, the, the week of Thanksgiving, and then it's basically every week you're going to play two games, whether it's Tuesday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You're basically going to play two games for the next four months. Uh, for an assistant coach, for a head coach even, that means any night you're not playing a game that other people are playing a game, you're driving to wherever those people are so you can see them play. Um, scouting is actually – I actually enjoy scouting. Um, I hated writing up the scouting reports – but I enjoyed going out, watching other teams, seeing what they did, learning about players. In fact, that's something I think I think the Charlie and Dad show need to go on the road this winter. We need to do a Charlie and Dad road trip around the state, and we need to go find <laughs> like the best players in the state. Oh, we need man. to go watch them. And this is actually, I'm just thought of this right now. Charlie and Dad checking out the best players in the state and giving breakdowns of them from our just from seeing them live once. You in? I'm in. I think this will be great. Our listeners will thoroughly enjoy that. Can you imagine? Um, all right, so then the season goes. It's crazy, nonstop, 24-7, seven days a week. Um, then you've got the season ends, and it's all of a sudden this kind of huge letdown. You're like, oh, and you're just exhausted. If you're good, like you get really week good. Off, two weeks off because it's spring breaks right there, and you, then you just roll you get back spring on. Spring break, and you're back at it. If <laughs> If you're not good and you get beat in the first round of the sectional, um, you don't want to see any of your kids forever. <laughs> you got about you get about four to five weeks off up until after spring break, and then you're going right back to what you were doing in the fall again in the spring um, without as much direction. You're letting the kids just play, usually pick up, not as much workout, not as much skill stuff. 
uh, more just well, kind of getting to go up and down. Go off a little bit before we go to the next part. Uh, when it comes to like season, yeah, I think that's where that's where family becomes really tough because yeah, you have games and they get a schedule and they think that you're going to be home at a certain time and <laughs> JV game runs long, varsity game runs long, bus rides are forever. Then the next night, if you're not playing, you're scouting or whatever. You know, if you have a really good, like, well, obviously when we were together, like we were actually very fortunate with uh, our staff and mm-hmm. working under RM and the fact that he trusts us to go to so many places uh, without each other and scout and do and write yeah. our reports. Um, but I, I have mad respect for RM. I know he came with us to, to most of the places, but I have mad respect for him to just let us Trust go us and do it. And, yeah, yeah, just scout because I don't know. Looking back, like right where I'm at now, I don't know if I'd trust anybody um, to go and do well, that. I think I, that I, I'd feel I, like I need to go to every game and scout. I think and, that depends on your relationship with your coaching staff. I mean, if if you don't have, you know, if you don't if you don't have coaches that you want, you're probably not going to let them do that. But if you're if you're in a situation where you kind of not get to pick your coaches because at the high school level you often don't get to pick your coaches, but if you spend that time getting to know and, and understand, like when we talked to coach Nicholson, you know, he talked about how he walked in and thought, what, and what is this craziness that yeah, I've walked into? What the hell is going These on? just complete goobers having just goofing around. But then once you watch the work and you see what's been put in, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, wait a minute. These guys, while they're having fun, that's how, cause that's the other thing. Like you and I aren't friends if we don't coach together, you know, you, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. We've the amount that. of, the amount of time that you spend is like you said, you spend as much time with, with your coaching staff as you do with your family. And if you don't have a situation where your family, like your legitimate, my legitimate family can be a part of the, the program, which really can't when you have little, little kids, um, that's really, really hard on a family. That goes into our answers of why we're out. Like, right. I mean, and then, you know, when we think about why, why'd you get out? You get out cause you get burned out. And I'll be honest. The only other reasons I got out was I was, I was tired of not getting head coaching jobs. I was tired of, um, having been with, I mean, I've never worked for an, a head coach that wasn't, isn't unbelievably well-respected and, right. and going into an interview and interviewing really well and then being told, well, yeah we loved you, but you haven't been a head coach. So we're going to hire this guy that's went 60 and 135 because he's been a head coach. And I'm going, dude, I, I worked with Mike Miller. I worked with Dave McCullough. I worked with, I mean, come on. Like I'm, I'm bringing something to the table here. Yeah. What are we talking um, about? And, and that was, that was a frustration for me that I got to own. Um, I was tired of, of chasing it and it not paying off. And then truthfully, it wasn't worth being away from my family to chase it anymore. And one, you know, I think if it would have been, if my, you know, if my kids were basketball free, you know, were were into basketball like crazy, I'd probably still be coaching, you know. But my my two girls don't want to play hoops, and that's totally fine. They'd rather do other yeah, things. And, they, we talked about this couple, oh, couple of, probably a couple months ago about how they're just now at the age where they like can go to a game and like really appreciate like dad staying on the sidelines, you know, like yeah, that's true. The times, I, the times that you were chasing. At coaching jobs is times where they could care less. Oh yeah. It's like I just want dad and he's staying down there and I can't he's, get to him. 
He's paying attention is, to all these other people, not me. Which is like where <laughs> I'm at, you know. It's like my little man is is 16 months, and you know I was coaching at the Fran, which is where I always wanted to be. And it's like, man, I can't, I can't tell my wife on a Tuesday. You know, we have practice three to five. I can't call my wife at 2:45 when I get to practice. And coach was like, hey, you know, I really like you to go to. Indianapolis tonight, you know, it's like cathedral and kid, yeah. Nova's Nova's vote tonight. Like, can you go down there and watch that game? Like I can't make it. It was great when I didn't have a kid and you know, I just tell him, Hey, you know, I'll be home around eleven <laughs> thirty right. midnight. You know, I can't say that. Well, I think that that's, and that that's where And that's where you you know, it's it's amazing these guys who are lifers who mm. their family is just one hundred percent in on it. Um, you just have so much respect for, for the, the family, the ability of the family to do it. And, you know, and I that's, think it that's, just comes to where you're not just, you know, my wife, if at that point, like coach K's wife, she has to have somebody like some type of family that's really close. Oh yeah. That she can like hang and. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think you see that at the high school level. I mean, I I know coaches' wives that are extremely tight with, you know, their sister or, you know, there's somebody else that, you know, the next door neighbor and her are best friends and they spend those Friday evenings together, whatever. And then I know other coaches' wives who go to every game and they root like crazy, like it's the, like it's the Super Bowl (laughs) every Friday night. And, you know, I respect that too, because my wife would have been like, I don't, I just don't care if you beat Carmel tonight, babe. I hope it's fun, but no, I don't really care. Where us, it's like, no, you better be up there screaming. That's right. Get up there. You'd be crazy. I expect everyone. And the, another thing that I think you got to give a lot of respect to, especially coaches' wives nowadays. Uh, and my, yeah. my wife experienced a few small and small bits and pieces mm-hmm. where, uh, where, where people, where people are, um, especially parents of your players are in the stands and they're saying whatever they think and not, you know, they don't know that my wife is my wife and she's the lady sitting right in front of them and they're just destroying me. Um, but that happens. And I think that you have to give coaches and and their families credit for, for getting through that as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely being a high school coach is not an easy gig. And I mean, there are days I miss it. It's the hardest gig of the levels. Here's the, here's the, here's the other question I wanted to ask for coaches here. Dad, here's the other question. The other question is, do you, miss coaching and if if yes and no and then what do you miss so i'm gonna go first so here's the weird thing when i got out of coaching i would have i always thought the thing i would miss is the friday nights i thought i would miss the games i thought i would nah, miss yeah. the, the smell of the popcorn i thought i would miss the band i thought i would miss the the pageantry if you will of indiana high school basketball but the truth is what I miss is practice. And the truth is, oh, we gotta, oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta have to try to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> the truth is, I miss, I miss the practice. I miss the the teaching of of what what the other team is gonna do, or how our kids have to respond to something. Or those are the things I really, really miss the most. And and then that time in the in the office with the staff, like sitting there after a game and, and celebrating a win or lamenting another loss where we're watching film and we're going, how in the world did that happen <laughs> on a regular basis? Yeah. Which level do we talk about? 
I miss more. I don't care. Just go. Man, I miss. I actually miss college a lot because I miss the staff that I work with, which is what right. you touched on. Uh, I miss. I guess I miss college because I didn't have. You didn't have to deal with the extra BS. I didn't have to deal with teachers. I didn't have to deal with the teachers sitting in my office or, you know, our office talking about, hey, so-and-so did this today. Like, you never believe what so-and-so did. And it was never, never a big deal that I even thought was worth addressing, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I don't miss, I don't miss that part. I don't miss uh, when I was at Anderson, I was at Highland and we would drive over – uh, Coach Natalie and I would drive over because we both worked at Highland. And we'd drive to Anderson. And <laughs> it was always a wild drive. It's like, oh, probably eight minutes or so, nine minutes. The whole drive over, I'm like thinking, damn, who's going to be sitting in the office when I get there? There's always going to be some jackass teacher, dean, Something hey, easy waiting. on the deans. Easy on the deans. You know, they yeah, have a very but, important job. Yeah, but I mean, not that, our, <laughs> not that our kids weren't angels, but some of the times it's like, you want to get mad because of that? It's yeah. like, man, like, do you understand, like, this kid, like, his home life, you know, like, the things that go on in his life, like, you want to complain to me because he was late to a couple classes? I'm like, he takes care of his eight brothers. Uh-huh. Like or eight brothers and sisters, like, and you want to complain because he was ten minutes late? Like, come on. Well, I think you know, that that's like, where that's where again it go. It all goes back to relationships and education. Um, it all goes back to relationships and in coaching, it's all about relationships, and that's the that's that piece where you know coming from the other side of it. My hope would be that I have the kind of relationship with the kid where I know that to the point where I'm saying to the kid, "Hey, look." I'm going to have to get involved with basketball if you don't do these three things I need done. And I think that that does, that does often get lost in the translation with teachers, especially I remember the, the emails I would get, uh, you know, on Thursday afternoon when I was the varsity assistant and I'd get an email (laughs) and I'd, it'd be, you know, I need you to, talk to such and such and such about this and this because, and I'd be like, seriously, I got, I don't know if you heard, but the number one team in the state who has the yeah. last two Mr. Basketballs is about to play us tomorrow night. We don't have anybody like that. And you're asking me to tell him to stop chewing gum in your class or what, you know. Right, yeah. And those are those conversations that were hard. But for me, it was always the 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 extra stuff that was always hard was, um, was the parents um, – who just love their kid. I mean, that's all. I mean, they just love their kid and they wanted their kid to have every opportunity and the, the, the different hard conversations you have to have with parents, which I will tell you is the, is the biggest reason why I've been successful in my new job. Now, if I wasn't a basketball coach, there's no way I'd be able to be a good Dean of students. Um, Oh, it, that prepared you for everything because it, you're dealing it, with. It taught me, uh, yeah, just, just about everything. It's a lot I had easier to, to tell, tell somebody, and I'm going to speak for you. You don't have to agree to this because I'm just, you can stay quiet. It's a lot easier to tell a parent his kid is being a turd than to tell a kid his kid is really not very good at basketball when he spent hours and hours trying to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Like it's That's pretty true. easy to just be like, hey, your kid's a turd. Like he, you know, flipped off the teacher today and 
Like mm-hmm. he's going to be coming home for a couple of days. Like. Yeah. I think that the, <laughs> the, the thing that coaching taught, the thing that coaching te- taught me more than anything else was how to have those conversations with honesty and authenticity and he, and, and especially empathy because I wasn't a very good player. Um, I gave it everything I had and I gave me every Lawrence central got every bit of me that I could give. But the truth is that I wasn't that good. And there were times when I'm, you know, looking back now when my parents were mad that I had didn't get to play as much or that. And I was, I'm always grateful. I think my mom only called coach once. And I think it was, it was one time when I just had, I I just felt like I was getting totally screwed and I, I probably wasn't, but I'm, I think I came home, you know, after practice, I was hurting, I was upset and my mom just couldn't take it. And it was, and it wasn't coach, you need to play my kid. It was, I need to know why my kid feels the way he feels. And I think that's a legitimate question, um, as a coach, but at the same time, it doesn't make the conversation any easier. And so thank goodness I had that experience as a coach because it's helped me to be successful in this role that I'm in now. And so I think I think we we basically hit the nail on the head. We both got out because of the the family <laughs> path. Yeah, like. And then the family. last question: Do you think you'll ever get back in? I don't know. I honestly like. Giggles' dad was talking to me about it. Oh. He think he thinks I'm crazy. It's like I honestly. I yeah, honestly told- just want to. I just want to sit in the stands and eat a hot dog and popcorn. And take my kid out for pizza. We know you like love I, hot dogs and popcorn. Like I really, really, really don't want to coach. I want to watch my kid. I want to just play golf. I want to be a dad. Um, and I don't know if that goes back to like, like my dad works a ton of hours and he always has, and he coached me, and then like he just spent time and time and time, and it's like, man, I just kind of want to, like. Putting your kid that way. Yeah. I just want to be a dad that way. And I hope that my kid's blessed with coaching. But honestly, like, like I was telling Jake's dad, and I I think he, he thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, if he has a bad coach, then I'll just bring him home and we'll just skill work. Like, yeah, I don't need, I don't need him to have a great coach or a good coach to, to be successful. Like, um, if he is skilled and can do what he needs to do, like there's plenty of, t- like we're in a big community. Like I, I, I feel that I can find some place for him to be successful. It's the way it's kind of where so, I'm at. Like it's one of the things crazy, but. for me, the question of getting back in is it depends on the level of getting back in. Yeah. Like there are, there, are, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, you know, young coaches that I have good relationships with. Some of them are listeners to our pod. Some of them are, um, that are, that would like to be head coaches at some point, you know, if, yeah, if they get to that point and they want me to come into practice occasionally, watch practice, give them my thoughts, go scout, stuff like that. I have zero problem. I could totally see myself doing that. Um, you know, when my girls are all grossed up and they move away, if they move away uh, and my wife says, Hey, look, you're bugging me. Get out of here. Then yeah, maybe I'll start coaching again, but I don't foresee that happening. Um, And the other thing is like you were talking about just being a dad. One of the things that I think happens to kids of coaches is they, they feel a a certain amount of pressure to be that, to play. And um, 
you know, I'm happy that my kids don't feel any pressure to be anything other than what they want to be. And I don't know if that'd be the case if I was a head basketball coach at XYZ school. Um, you know, there might be some, they might feel some, Hey, I got to play because dad's the coach and everybody knows that dad's the coach. And, and so I'm glad that that from that standpoint, but at the other end of it, you know, if my, if one of my kids was a really good player, yeah, I could see myself getting involved if they wanted me to coach them. You know, like I, I have so much respect for what Brian Satterfield is doing at HSE, you know, boys varsity coach for 20 years. And his daughter says, dad, I love when you coach me and the girls coach is getting out yeah. and he's going, you know what? Maybe this yeah. is what I should do, and and I I have no doubt he'll have success. He's a heck of a coach, um, so it'll be interesting. But you know, I think that that's so we kind of hit all, all of our we kind of went all round circle of what coaching is to us. And um, like I said, we we wouldn't be as tight as we are if we didn't coach together for several years. And so I'm glad we do. But here's our last thing, Dad, for season one. We're this is our last episode for season one. All right, I'm ready. Each, each time we've had like a, a thing, we've talked about some of our favorite stuff or our old school stuff. So the first thing, if you think back to the very first episode, we talked about best atmosphere that we've ever yeah. been in, right? So today we're going to go favorite player of all time. Can't be MJ. Favorite Hoosier of all time. It, it, never, it never was MJ. but Okay, going. fair enough. Fair enough. Favorite Hoosier of all time. And I mean Indiana Hoosier. And then most underrated player of all time. So, uh, start with uh, start with number one, and then I'll I'll ask my all right number number three one question to help me clarify. You want me to tell you who mine are? No, I, I can start. So, your favorite player of all time, Reggie Miller. The Reg. Do you know? Do you know, uh, Dad, that when I was a kid. There's no way that you're not saying the same thing. Yeah, there is. The do you know <laughs> that when I was a kid, I was really did you good see friends. Me grab with, that, did you just see me grab that fly off of my eyebrow? Yeah. What was that about Mike Pence? A that fly was, just like a, landed on you. Yeah, that was um, incredible. But when I was a kid, I got to shoot hoops with Reggie Miller about fifty times. Did you get thumbs out when you shot because, it? No, I didn't. I went full I went I got that's a pretty good story actually. So I was really good friends with Vern Fleming Jr., who was Vern Fleming's dad. Was his, Vern Fleming, his dad, was the Pacers point guard. And so there were many, many occasions where I got to shoot hoops and Reggie would be there. And Reggie was like the best big kid ever. Like he would come out and talk smack to us and block our shots into like the, you know, backyard. Like he, he, but he was so cool. And so I, I would I would love to tell you that he was my favorite, but he but he wasn't. Um, so so that you're going Reg, have to yeah have to go Reg. That's I got respect for that. So my favorite player of all time, at any level, but especially at the, at the pro level, my favorite player of all time <laughs> is it, it has to be it has to be Larry Bird. Uh, because my it was like watching Larry. That was like the the one guy my dad watched in the NBA when I was young. And I'm I'm older than you, so you didn't really see right, Larry. So, play. so yeah, I didn't get to see Larry. Like right so, I saw my... Larry. I saw Larry mid '80s to early until he was done. And I just remember the amount of like things my dad would be like, "Holy cow, you should have seen what Larry did last night." You know, because I, I didn't believe he told this dude he was going to shoot left handed the whole yeah. game. 
like and then he did it. Can you imagine somebody in the NBA doing that right now? No, because they can't. No, like that that dude was a bad man. Uh, he was. He was unbelievable. He was my favorite player to watch, and he was that, you know, he was that kind of um and I think a lot of it had to do with nostalgia for my my dad and my grandpa loved watching him play. Uh, but obviously, I only I only say Larry because I said you couldn't say Michael because Michael was definitely my favorite. Oh, but for sure. I figured you'd go Michael, so I said we both had to say other than Michael. Um, all right, I was so such favorite a Reggie Miller fan, like were you the guy who was big, so mad at Re- Were you the guy who hate hated Michael when he uh, or who uh, yeah who hated Michael whenever he he would give it to Reggie? No, not that I level. Was too, I was too little, I think. Like that's probably true care that much i was just like oh my gosh these dudes are really good and i can't believe that reggie miller just gave the choke sign to spike lee that was amazing that just happened those those series were so much fun was like the best those were like so much fun i don't think i don't think we'll ever have pacers like that again because and that's one of the things like i was i was watching watching the bucks last night this true this is another thing watching the bucks last night and with Giannis staying in Milwaukee and getting to the finals made me be like, you know what, Paul George, I hate you even more. Right. Got to the Eastern conference finals. There's nothing that says this team couldn't have got better around you, but no, you had but to cut the, and run. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the NIL thing. No, I know. It's it, like, just, it just bugs me. Anyway, that's, we won't go down that team. Mon- all right. Money, money driven. Favorite Indiana university. Hoosier of all time. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Maybe just because I wish he would come on the pod, but Tom Coverdale is because oh, he's white oh, and man. has red hair. Red hair. He does like he, I, he does just like, like I just like I do. Well, I mean, I'm trying. That's I'm it, I'm, that, that I'm efforting. The only reason why, like, only reason why that he was my favorite because I'm like this dude is white and has red hair just like I do. Like he's. He's That's my only on. reason. It's the, it's not like he's like Tommy's tough on greatest, tough though. Greatest Hoosier ever. Like Tom was tough on tough though. Like it just because I know him a little bit. I, I mean, right, right. Which I wish he'd come on because like he was always my favorite because like I have red hair. I'm white. Hey, well, listen, I'm, I'm I'm efforting. He's on he's on the list of people that I'm trying to get to come on. Having listened right. to this pod because it's. I mean, you never know. I'll give it all. I, he's he Although, may or may not. If I, he, if, if I if I had a second, if I had to pick, yeah, a you second, can have, you can have two. AJ Guyton was my second. Oh, AJ was so good. <laughs> AJ was so he good. Was, he was my second. He was so smooth. My favorite AJ Guyton is that Bob Knight always referred to him as the little shit. He never yes. even like called him by his <laughs> name. That is outstanding. All right, so my favorite Hoosier of all time is Calvert. Calvert mm-hmm. Chaney by far. I wore number 40 the rest of my basketball life uh, because of Calpercini. But my second favorite Hoosier of all time, this one may surprise you, it may not, um, is actually Greg Graham. Greg Graham! I loved Greg Graham. And Greg Graham was a Warren guy. He was from Warren Central. I remember he was coaching at Warren. He was a head coach at Warren for a while. Uh, he's actually coaching uh, out in – he's in, I believe, New Hampshire now. He's, like, turned a uh, high school program there to- totally around. Uh, but he played in the NBA for six years or so for the Sixers. and um, I don't know if he is the coach at Warren when 
How long has he been out from one? Mm, he's been gone a while. He wasn't there when you were coaching with us at Noblesville. He had already left. Greg Graham. Greg Graham. But yeah, I loved, loved Greg Graham. He was my all-time favorite. All right. Most underrated player ever in your opinion. All right. So what, like. I don't care. Underrated. Like what's underrated to you? I mean. To, to the pod. That's why I need to know. Underrated to the pod. All right. So I'll, I'll give you mine. And then I think that'll, that'll help you. I think the most underrated player overall is Charles Barkley. Because while he's great, he always gets knocked. He always gets knocked for not having finished the job of winning a title. And people seem to have forgotten how unbelievable that dude was. Yeah. Now, obviously, again, it goes changes. The age thing is a factor, right? Because I remember Charles when he was in Philly. I remember Charles as a great player for the Suns, and I remember his career kind of going downhill in Houston. But I feel like now people have no understanding because he's this big, goofy kind of guy on TV how unbelievable that dude was as a basketball player. Mine's not going to be nearly as that one. Here's the other one was, and this came up because I was having a conversation with a buddy the other day, and we, we started talking about this. My buddy gave his was Jamal Crawford. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. So you so anywhere you can go anywhere with this. It's your opinion. Well, mine was There's no wrong answer. Mine you wouldn't like because it's. I feel like Dennis Rodman. Oh, I love it. Why would I not like that? That's great. That's a great call. Because because why the hell would anybody get rid of him? Because he was nuts. <laughs> but just because you're nuts doesn't mean that you can't help your team. Well, I agree, but I think that people just got tired of it. It was one. It's like it's like anything else. They did, he just wore them down. Oh, in, in today's society, Dennis Rodman would make like you don't think so? I think I think he'd get run out of the league because of people no catching way. him doing. Oh, I think he would because of the social media stuff. Uh, think about think about the last so, dance. So, so think him, about so the him, stories that were on the last dance him in, about him Dennis in a Rodman. Dress would get him out. No, I mean not that, but like just the shenanigans that that dude was into that would now be out all the time. That in those days never got out. People yeah. would be like, "I'm not dealing with that." <laughs> I'm guessing he was on more things than <laughs> I've, I. I don't even know exist. <laughs> I mean, I just think about the stories that were in the Last Dance of him going to Vegas, like just disappearing oh, for like days man. and. Like the amount of things you, that you don't think that's still happening. Well, I'm sure it is, but I don't think it's happening near like it was then. Because think about all the people that had pictures yeah. of him. Shoot, LeBron James can like go out of protocol and not even get a game. Yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> with Dennis, it wasn't like I'm going out of protocol to go do this. It was like, oh I'm my god, he's <laughs> You name the drug that I can find out there, I'm in. I mean, he, I just Isn't that insane? That, but that he was still, like, he would come back and be like, this it just shows, crazy man. It just shows how much Oh, what was that? What, they did that 30 for 30. What was that 30 for 30 of the dude that played at, um, in Philly? Oh. I have no idea. He went, I think he went to St. Joe's. 
He was the NBA. He was doing like cocaine before games. It was a thirty for thirty. Are you talking about Chris Heron? Yes. Yes. Chris Heron, like yeah, unguarded. That dude's unguarded, amazing. Yeah. Like what he's, he's doing, doing now. What he's doing now is like legitimately the most important thing he'll ever do in his life, and I got mad respect for him. How about that? Like doing coke before games and like go out and score thirty. Getting out, getting oxy, and yeah, dude was, dude was. I mean, that that addict life is scary stuff, man. It's scary stuff when they can perform at a high level. Oh, it's scary that, just what they what they have to have is scary. like that's even like more scary. It's like, we oh see yeah, all the people like on the streets. Like we know that life. We don't know the people that like are functioning doing before. functioning addicts is scary. At the yeah. highest level of. Yeah, society. <laughs> yeah, like, that's insane. All right, well, we took a break from coachisms for a while, so we'll have to bring that back next season. We're hoping to have more guests next season. I'm working on a handful. Uh, Dad is as well, too. so we're going to get a couple We're gonna get a couple on. Uh, we'll come back probably in the fall. I don't know when. We'll we'll send it out. If, uh, it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. Yeah, that's exactly right. It'll be like a, Merry, it'll be like a early Christmas gift for everyone when Charlie and Dad go back up. We might tweet out how the golf outing goes. We might. We, you never know. There could be a live. There could be a live. Uh, a live hit. You never know. Right. We'll, All right, we'll Dad. Let everybody last... know. We'll let everybody know where it's giggles, and he's not allowed to be on. But we'll let right. everybody know we're with him. That's right. And so, any last, any last words for the end of season one, Dad? <sighs> Hashtag nil. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's been. Um, it's amazing we actually did 14 of these. All right, everybody. Hope you stick with us in, on the uh, on the flip side of this, and we appreciate you. And hit us up on Twitter. That's all I can say. We're out. We're out. Thanks so much for listening to the Charlie and Dad Bod Pod. We hope you'll tune in again next time.